Hey everybody, it's Dave here. Join me and the Climbing the Pocket Network celebrities, hosts, and guests as we talk about Manic Monday. Today, where the Minnesota Vikings started out with a bang. First off, we got news of Kirk Cousins' extension. He got a two-year extension on top of his current having him be our quarterback through 2022. But there's some key points to that contract. We also talked about how CJ Ham also got re-signed to an extension, as well as the best holder in the league, Britton Colquitt. Yes. There were rumors, or at least a whole bunch of tweets from Stefan Diggs, and we talked about that too. What does that mean? We ended up acknowledging that Anthony Harris got tagged. That's $11.441 million, but it now gives the rights to the Vikings to trade him and get something for him. And lastly, but not least, Eric Wilson received a second round tender. So, it's time to let's go! Let's rock, let's roll, tick-tock, let's go, let's rock, let's roll. 10 seconds to go, 24-23 Saints, Vikings at their own 39, it's third down. Three receivers right, feel and left. Marshawn Lattimore, 12 yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay in oh, my God. oh my God, oh my God, 30, no way. Let's go! This is where your Climbing the Pocket Network's personalities and guests get together to talk about your Minnesota Vikings. So it's time to let's go! Oh shit, David, just gonna say like you froze for like a half a second there. But I think yeah. that was you. That was David counting <laughs> me in. It's time for us to go. It's time for yet another climbing the pocket round table. It's been a little while, but if you're paying attention, there was a bit of news that happened today. So we figured we'd get the crew back together. And uh yeah, let's kick this thing off. We'll go around, everyone can introduce themselves. Nick, we'll start with you since uh you're the person we can see the least right now. Uh <laughs> How you doing? How you been? What you been up to? How are things? I'm good, man. Today was crazy. Boy, it's good to have like sports actively back. And uh, they came back with a vengeance today with all the news. It was a crazy day from DeAndre Hopkins to all the Vikings moves to everything. So I'm just happy to be back in a world where sports are alive. So that's exciting. And, and there's definitely some things that happened today that I'm blaming you for. But we'll get back to that in just a moment. Uh, Ryan. I think this is my first uh, roundtable, podcast, any sort of multimedia recording activity with you. How you doing, man? Great, man. Excited to be here. And uh, yeah, like Nick said, excited to have some actual sports to follow, uh, albeit on Twitter. And I'm sure the NFL, uh, not loving the coronavirus, but loving the fact that they're the, the, the center of attention right now and the only positive thing happening in sports. So pretty interesting. Right. Yes, indeed. And there he is. The man, the myth, the legend, everyone's favorite dad, Miles. My what man, up? how you doing? 
You know, I'm, <laughs> I'm adjusting to life, man. <laughs> My son is now mobile officially, so oh, everything boy. is crazy. Yeah. He is crawling. This kid is standing up in his own crib now, so there is... It's not quiet in my house ever anymore, and I know yeah. you know. I know a lot of you guys already know what that's like. So, yeah. it's not safe anywhere. You nope. can't. You can't. You can't relax. Got to baby proof everything. Yeah. Yep. What's oh, that yeah. in your mouth? What's that? Put that down. Put it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All yep. that. I remember. And uh, hey, Dave, you know, I mean, you're normally the man in the truck, but you know, say what's up to the people. How you doing? Hey, everybody. Just to let you know. All of Climbing the Pocket Network has been around, and they have been active today, watching all the transactions that have been taking place, both for your Minnesota Vikings and around the league. And we're about to get ready to talk about it. All right. See, that that was an official. That was official right there. Well, let's get right to it. It's the move that Nick has been, if not predicting, lobbying for. So I'm going to say that he was the one that ultimately convinced the people over there to uh, to make the move that we did get today, the biggest piece of Viking news, which is obviously that they signed Britton Colquitt. No, that's that's how that's not what we're starting with today. That was so the you, most important move they made. <laughs> the most important move, but the move that happened today, obviously, uh, the sadness that you heard from earlier today might have been Yinka, uh, you know, crying from from his, his apartment in in Minnesota. But they did re-sign Kirk Cousins. Nick, talk to us here. You've been lobbying for this for a while. Did we get finessed by by Kurt Cousins? What happened today? And how do you feel about this new deal that uh that that he I guess will be signing for the Vikings? I thought it was a good deal. You, you guys know my feelings on Kurt Cousins. I think he's a good quarterback. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. One of my favorite stats for tracking accuracy is Next Gen Stats. They have a stat called completion percentage above expectation. Compares your actual completion percentage. You know catches divided by attempts to what they would expect based on a model that looks at how open each receiver is, how far downfield they are, how far they are from the sideline, basically how hard is every single pass. In the last two years, Cousins has been like a top three quarterback in terms of accuracy. Um, So he's got elite accuracy. He doesn't make bad decisions with the football when he's throwing the football. He's really good at reading the field. Example, um, that second touchdown to Diggs against Denver, that was his fourth read while he was rolling out. You know, you got to go through, boom, one, two, three, four, read the defense, read all four receivers, and come back to Diggs. And he does it in a blink of an eye, and he sees Diggs, and he chucks it downfield. And, and those are the kinds of throws that, like, only quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins can make. So I think he really is an underrated quarterback. People think he's still the guy he was in Washington, but he's a good quarterback. Is, that, is he perfect? Is he an MVP caliber quarterback? Probably not. I mean, he's still his pocket presence was terrible in Washington and is probably only mediocre now. Um, his situational awareness can be bad. He's a little gun shy sometimes. So you can, yeah, you can definitely point out criticisms with him. But at the end of the day, I think he's a top 10 quarterback. And when you have a top 10 quarterback, I don't think you move on from them. You, you try and build around them and you try and compete with them. And that's what I think the, the Vikings are doing. I thought his deal, it's essentially fully guaranteed. It's not actually fully guaranteed because his, his third year is only guaranteed, I think, for injury. Um, but it becomes fully guaranteed if he's on the roster at the beginning of the 2021 league year. So functionally, I mean, you're not going to cut him in 2022. So um, you're not going to cut him in 2021 when you're already, you know, owing him like 60 million or whatever. So it's functionally fully guaranteed, but it comes in at like 33 million extra. Um, So a $33 million average, which is like, you know, Russell Wilson set the market last year at $35 million a year. So Kirk Cousins is coming in slightly below market. He'll be able to triple dip, I guess, again, by 
if he earns an extension at past that. But I think all in all, this is a good deal for the Vikings. It doesn't lock them in forever with Kirk Cousins, uh, but they, they establish some stability at the quarterback position. And they do it with somebody who I think has earned uh, a new contract with the Vikings by having an MVP caliber candidate season last year. So I'm, I'm happy. So you don't see any, uh, any downside potentially is that, you know, Kirk Cousins, who's had a good season, but I would say the gap in skill between, say, a Russell Wilson and a Kirk Cousins is pretty wide. Even if you want to say Kirk Cousins is a, is a top 10 quarterback, do you not see potentially paying those two guys in a similar amount of money would put your team at a disadvantage given how much better Russell Wilson typically is than Kirk Cousins? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. And if you have somebody like Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, like that's, you know, obviously that's where you want to be ideally. But it's kind of like. Just because Aaron Donald is a better defensive tackle and is paid about the same as Fletcher Cox, like Fletcher Cox is still a really good defensive tackle. And if you have Cox as your as your defensive tackle, like you're still in good position. You could be you could be generating even more surplus value with like, you know, the best defensive player in the NFL. But you're still in a good position if you have, you know, another really good player. And I think Cousins is not quite maybe MVP caliber, but he's probably Pro Bowl caliber. And I, I think that's a quarterback worth paying. Awesome. All right. So, Miles, obviously there were, were many jokes and a lot of uh, <laughs> trash talking to, to one Yinka Allende when this all dropped. But what were your thoughts when initially it was posted, uh, initially you saw the numbers? Like, What were your first feelings when you saw that the, uh, the Vikings have decided to kind of extend the, the Kirk Cousins experience for us for a few more years? I was actually kind of surprised, to be honest. I think the way everything came out, uh, <clears throat> the last couple of days people were talking about how uh, – the Vikings have extended offers to Kirk Cousins, and he basically essentially turned them down, which I'm not surprised about. Uh, the new CBA came out, so I knew the Vikings were looking to explore those uh, extension opportunities, and I think it makes sense. It, it made sense for Kirk if he was going. I thought Kirk was going to truly maximize his dollar, so I was expecting him to to like wait it out and kind of see what the new market might set at the QB market um, with guys like Dak Prescott or if we saw Deshaun Watson or uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' extension come, I was expecting him to kind of jump on that. And he, he didn't do that, so it kind of surprised me in that sense. Um, the numbers are, are still fairly big, but he's getting more of a Ryan Tannehill deal than he is getting a closer to a Russell Wilson type of deal. So it's kind of – it surprises me. Um, I thought for sure um, you could, quote-unquote, team-friendly. Um, the only thing that makes it team-friendly is the fact that they're able to take $10 million from this year and kick it down the road, which is helpful for him. But um, other than that, I mean, I didn't hate the deal until I found out that his third year becomes fully guaranteed by the third third day of the new league year in 2021. So therefore, you're looking at uh, you can't cut him next year because his dead cap's like 41 million, and then I think in uh, 2022 his cap's like uh, 45 million. So that's kind of crazy to really think about. All right. And then last but certainly not least, Ryan, what were your thoughts? Kirk Cousins extended. How did that news hit for you? You know, uh, it, it's something that you anticipated might happen. Uh, we needed the cap space. We knew that they would, you know, try to make this happen at some point or another. And uh, so I, I was mentally preparing myself for it. Now, does that mean I'm a big fan of it? No. Do I fault them for doing this? No. But uh, at the end of the day, I think I used this analogy earlier uh, chatting with Miles is, you know, Kirk Cousins is like that average awesome girlfriend that you had. And, you know, she she's good to you, treats you well, 
but at the end of the day, you knew that that's not the one that was going to take you to the, the, the altar. And, uh, but you, but she's comfortable and she's steady in it and it, and it works. So you stay with her as long as you can until hopefully something better comes along. And I think that's kind of how we're viewing this, um, viewing this uh, with him. And, and it, like I said, it works. He's above average, if not, you know, maybe top 10 ish quarterback and he's going to win us games. Uh, so I, I like that, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to be the one to get us to where we need to be. Um, and I'd rather just move on earlier, but like I said, we got the extension and, uh, we got the cap relief that allowed us to do some of these other moves today. So, and the no trade clause is gone. So we can keep that, the, we can keep the 49ers speculation. That can keep going. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, before we move on from this topic, I guess, Nick, I'll give you the last word on this because that. What Ryan just hit on is really the prevailing sentiment for most people who are not, you know, in the ride or die Kirk Cousins camp is that, yes, top 10, it's, you know, when we, we like the kind of round top 10, it feels nice to say top 10. But when you start to get maybe to the bottom of that top 10, oftentimes most players could be a little bit closer to say like the middle of the league, like more league average than like the elite of the elite or the top end or the quarterbacks that are going to take you where you want to go, as, as Eric alluded to on our podcast uh, a couple episodes ago, where, like, you know, the Chiefs every year are likely to start the year as the favorite to win the AFC because Patrick Mahomes is their quarterback. Uh, Russell Wilson, even when their team is terrible, people expect the Seahawks to do well because Russell Wilson is their quarterback. With Kirk Cousins, he has some elite traits. But generally speaking, that's not how it feels with Kirk Cousins. And I know that's not an analytical argument, but like it doesn't feel the same way. It feels as though you you have to make almost everything perfect for him in order for you to feel comfortable that the team can achieve something. I guess the argument seems to feel like we're building a team towards kind of average or slightly above average and then hoping to get lucky versus building a team towards the top end. And that really is is wrapped up in, in, in what you know Ryan's saying. It's comfortable. We know we're not going to be awful with Kirk Cousins, but we probably it doesn't feel like we're going to be great either. I guess. How do you respond to that, Nick? Yeah, I see this attitude a lot. I think the way it often gets expressed when I see it is teams feel like Kirk Cousins has a ceiling, and the Vikings. Sure, they might be a wild card team. Sure, they might you know sneak into the playoffs, but they're not going to be a one seed. They're not going to win a Super Bowl with them. Uh, and I just, I fundamentally reject that that paradigm. I don't think teams have ceilings. I think everybody, it, t- every team needs to get lucky. And you're always looking to get lucky. I think you can go back and you look at the, the, the 49ers game, the divisional round where the Vikings kind of got blown out a little bit there. And I think you re-roll that game and maybe one out of four times the Vikings come sneak away with a victory there. I just think football's a very random game. Who knows who's going to have a good day or a bad day on game day? Who knows when you're going to have fumble luck? Who knows if your corners are going to drop the interceptions or take them to the house that game? So, so many things can happen. Um, So many things can go wrong. People look at the offensive line and say, well, Kirk Cousins could never beat a team when his offensive line is getting pummeled. But offensive line did bad against the Eagles the last two times they played him in 2018-2019. He was under pressure like 41% of his dropbacks. And he beat them both times. And, And so I just kind of, I think... Kirk Cousins, yeah, are you ever going to be, like, the favorite to win the Super Bowl with him? No, but, you know, you've got a good shot, and that's more than most teams can say. So I just I just kind of think, like, you, you try to build the best team you can, 
and you hope you get lucky and that's all any team can ever do because even you know even the 49ers even the Chiefs even the last couple of Super Bowl winners they had to have a lot of good things come together all at the same time injury health um, and players playing having big breakout years and having the right coordinators having the right coaches that year so you kind of just kind of just have to bide your time and hope you get lucky because you know only one in 32 teams wins the Super Bowl every year so could you do better than Cousins sure but I still think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins heck if like Jim Plunkett can do it Kirk Cousins can definitely do it so oh. wow my man my man Nick Foles you know if you don't remember <laughs> Nick Foles hey, man brought out Jim okay all right well, so here's my question. What so Nick Foles had to have like a arguably like a historic run, kind of like Joe Flacco did. You need Kirk Cousins to have a historic run to get to that point, though, right? So how do we get to that point when we haven't seen it a lot from Kirk Cousins in big time games, quote unquote? We saw he played well against the Saints, but I also don't think he was like a, a world beater against the Saints. He made some throws that he was supposed to make. The the feeling thrown in overtime obviously was a a very good clutch throw. I'm not going to deny that 100%. But, like, overall, in terms of, like, and I don't like using Monday Night Football as, like, his, like, parameter for how good Kirk Cousins is because I think it's BS. But the overall, like, when he doesn't show up, it's usually against better teams. And it's usually against uh, in situations where the Vikings either need to win that game or they're in a situation where they need um, they need to beat a really good team. So usually those go hand in hand. The playoffs, good teams. They they go hand in hand. When do we expect to see something like that from a Kirk from from Kirk Cousins, and how do we how are we supposed to be, feel confident that he can go on a run like that when we in six or seven years now we've still yet to see it. That's that's yeah. kind of my question. Not that he can't do it, but we haven't seen it. Yeah, I think you need Kirktober to happen in January is what you basically right. need, which is which is what Joe Flacco did. Except Kirk Cousins, I think, is a better quarterback than Flacco is now or was back then. So it's all just about having things come together at the right time with the right people. And 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 we we construct these narratives that like, oh, you could never beat this team. They were just unbeatable. Patrick Mahomes, you could never top him. But football's so random. It's so it's so we, we really underestimate just how much luck goes into it. And I, I just think you, you build the best chance you've got and then you, you spin the roulette wheel and you see how it goes. So it's, with Kirk Cousins, it's really just a matter of does he show up? Do we get bad Kirk or do we get Kirk Tober Kirk? And we'll see how it goes. Um, but I think he gives you a, about as good a shot as most quarterbacks. So Yeah, and with the, the, the I guess, bad Kirk, um, like the risk that comes with bad Kirk, do you think that's what we need more of in order to get Kind of what Miles is looking for, because like in like Flacco, you had very improbable play. Like you're saying, lucky plays, plays that were bad plays, plays that should have been interception. But like he's just throwing it up into a spot where maybe he shouldn't, and a player is going and making a play, very much like Keenum did in his you know magical season with Diggs and Thielen. Kirk doesn't make those sorts of plays, right? He like he doesn't generally like that's not how he's built. He is very much play within the structure, do what you're supposed to do. Do you think that you're you can a reprogram or because a lot of the luck that you're talking about from a Kirk perspective, in order to forget for us to get that high end, he maybe needs to take some more of those chances. Is that something that you feel um, maybe with the, the, the confidence uh, of, of having some of that money in the bank that, uh, that maybe we could see more of that from a Kirk cousins. Now that he's not necessarily playing for the next contract. I, I definitely think, yeah, I mean, that's one of Kirk's weaknesses is he can be gun shy and not that he necessarily checks down because it's usually not like a, a strict check down, but he does 
shy away from the tougher downfield throws in favor of something easy and um, underneath. But um, it's interesting comparing to, say, Patrick Mahomes. Next-gen stats has a stat called aggressiveness, which is a little misleading because it's not, it's not aggressiveness. It's how often you throw into tight coverage, basically. Uh, tight coverage defined as there's a there's a defender within one yard of where you're throwing the football. So how often do you throw it into tight windows? And Kirk Cousins is always one of the lowest on that scale. It's one of the least aggressive. They call it aggression, but I kind of think of it as, as throwing risky throws. Um, but even less aggressive by aggressive by that by that standard last year was Patrick Mahomes. And I think in general, you want your quarterback to be throwing to receivers who've been schemed open, and you want your quarterback to be able to find those guys and make the right decision there. And so I, I, I think, yes, it would be great to see Kirk have some more aggression, like be able to throw it farther downfield. But I think you don't always need to have that. And I think a lot of it comes down to the scheme and the playmaker. And talk about Joe Flacco, talk about um, the scheme. I think Kubiak can be the guy to really unlock that aggression from Cousins the same way we saw it this past year. So we can keep that going. I think we can see good things from Kirk. All, all I heard from what you just said is that we need uh, someone to scheme guys open further downfield. So Nick is predicting that Eric Bieniemy will be the future coach for the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. You heard it here first. What but, uh, that move? <laughs> Let's get into uh, the, the most important news of the day, some of the more important news of the day. We talked about Kirk. Let's talk about Kirk's favorite receiver, your man, Nick, C.J. Ham. <laughs> you love the signing. Tell me about it, Nick. Why is this signing something I should be happy about? You know, once Kari Blasen game, the true future MVP of the league was sniped by the Titans. You know, this is this was the next best move we could do. So, no, I, I think it's a good move. It's a four-year deal uh, for what, twelve million, I think. But the actual 2020 cap it is only 1.75 million. So that's that's not very much. Um, and you can probably cut him down the road if he starts to drop off as he gets older, or if not, you know, the cap is going to balloon in the next couple of years with the new TV deals. Um, and with the 17th game being tacked on. So that's, you know, it's it's not a lot of money. And the the Vikings are just a, a way better team when they're running 21 personnel when C.J. Ham is on the field. Now, not all of that is because of C.J. Ham being an elite fullback. I, I do think, one, he's really good in pass protection. He can He's really versatile in being able to sell the run action and then drop back to pass block. I think he's a good pass blocker when he's in there for those those 21 personnel play action plays. He's, a, he's actually really good with a handoff. You look at all the fullback dives we did with him last year, and he was, you know, those short yard situations, he was picking up third downs or first downs on those those short yard situations really well last year. Um, and, he, you know, he's he, he gives you something in the yak game. He, you know, he's kind of like David Morgan, I guess. He's not going to like, you know, he's not Kyle Juszczyk, but, you know, he can break tackles and he can would, pick up. How dare you talk about David Morgan like that? <laughs> well, David was the same way. He like wasn't fast, but he just like wouldn't go down on first contact. So That's Jason's guy right there. They, 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 they've stolen him from me. Uh, I hope he comes back. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I think CJ he's a good player. He's also like by all accounts like a really good dude. Somebody everybody seems to root for. He's somebody everybody would let date their sister. So I'm I'm happy for the guy, and I think it's a it's a win win for the player and for the team. All right, Ryan, talk to me here. Signing fullbacks to uh, what looks like on the surface a pretty decent amount of money. Well, how did you feel when you saw that deal? Uh, I, I hated it. <laughs> I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like paying fullbacks. I don't like paying running backs. I don't like paying positions that I feel like you can pick up off 
maybe not off the street, but you know, in the league at a cheaper cost than paying three million plus on average for a guy who is. I mean, like, don't get me wrong, I love CJ Ham. Uh, you know, I, I love what he's about. He does he does a great job, you know, um, and he is a Minnesota guy. So he's one of us. And, you know, you got to enjoy that, too. But three plus million when we don't have we have three corners on roster. Um, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of a, a kick in the gut, in my opinion. Uh, but again, he does provide, as Nick said, he does provide a lot to our run game. And uh and with with that, that is important considering we are a run heavy team. And again, it is Kirk Cousins' favorite receiver, so uh, I think you're keeping your quarterback happy as well. But no, uh, in all seriousness, uh, it, it, in my opinion, I just didn't like the move. Um, I, I wish we could have gotten him for cheaper, uh, but I do like the fact that it was Nick explained earlier as a 1.75 ish. Um, cap hit which isn't overbearing so you know the initial shock was wow this is awful you know uh but with when you hear that news even though you're kicking that can down the line um it it, it is a little bit of a relief to know that it's not going to totally kill our cap situation this year all right and miles when you initially saw the news you were thinking about it not just in terms of paying the fullback but what was the next part of this that maybe had you worried about how much they paid (laughs) Uh, CJ Ham. <laughs> I mean, if they're willing to pay, and and I think Nick, Nick Nick made a good point. Like the structure of the deal isn't as bad as it might look on on the surface, but um, if they're willing to pay CJ Ham basically twelve and a half million dollars over four years, what are they going to be willing to pay Dalvin Cook over a four five year span, whatever that deal might look like? Because uh, <laughs> if CJ Ham's making four million in twenty twenty. If they're going to pay CJ Ham over four years, that tells you that they have, and I think we all expected this, but they have every intention to extend Dalvin Cook at some point. It doesn't have to be now, maybe in the, during the summer or whatever that is. They're, it's going to happen because that's what they want to do because that's their identity. They view Dalvin Cook <laughs> in their run game. It makes me want to cry as their identity, <laughs> even though they're paying a quarterback and two receivers like $50 million, over $50 million, but whatever. Um, let's just go back to the 80s um but uh so i mean dalvin cook's eventually going to get paid um what that number is going to be is going to be uh, is really going to be the question mark though because i i don't know what i'm gonna do <laughs> but, I, mean, <laughs> I i expected it so I, at least it's not like an unexpected situation um uh, where i'm like oh my gosh i can't believe they're gonna pay dalvin cook when i watch them pay adrian peterson for 10 years and then <laughs> draft Dalvin Cook, and then say that they're going to pay Dalvin Cook. I can't be surprised at this point. So uh, that's just that's what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah, true. What's wrong with the '80s? They were a great decade. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, when you're playing to that scheme, that's great. If we were in the '80s right now, the Vikings would be thriving. We're not. (laughs) And it's not that the offense isn't good either. The offense is is good. It's I just don't think they use some of their uh, skill players appropriately but that all right, all right. well miles miles you're, you're alluding to some things let's talk about it because you know uh, every everyone's favorite skill player started uh you know he started tweeting again today started doing some things uh coincident not maybe coincidentally not so coincidentally probably coincidentally not long after the kirk cousins deal <laughs> was uh was announced uh some folks started making mention of maybe wanting to find greener pastures elsewhere Maybe get a new beginning. So, you know, 
you're, you're talking about uh, you know, our skill players, and you mentioned that we're paying receivers a bunch of money. One of them is Stefan Diggs. He does not seem to be happy. Uh, talk to me, Miles. What are your thoughts? You know, as our our go-to receiver person, do you think he's just having some fun, or do you think at this point, given kind of not just the initial tweets, but the tweets after those tweets, where do you think his head's at, and do you think he's gone? Yeah, I mean, so to me, I've always been a Diggs has been sending cryptic tweets, so I, I wasn't taking those cryptic cryptic tweet seriously because the context was like there was very little context to him so you could never really truly decipher them but now you see the tweets during the start of the new league year or the tampering legal tampering window and he literally says i want to like let's uh, start a new beginning or whatever that the phrase he said and then he replied to someone else's tweet basically saying that something's going to get done or something's going to happen that's the first time to me that i've truly seen him tweet football related like about wanting to leave related. Um, the other tweets that you just can't, there's no way you could truly determine if that's what he means or not. Um, or they're, or they're just Drake lyrics or something. Right, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> so th- this one feels like you're like, okay, maybe, like I always believe there was uh, validity and there was truth behind uh, some of the, truth all rumors, right? But truth to like some of those, like him being unhappy, like I don't think that was smoke. But um, the question is, is Diggs really willing to force his way out of Minnesota? Because the Vikings have zero reason to trade him. They have, they have all the leverage. They don't have like Diggs doesn't have any leverage to like get to get out of Minnesota. The Vikings technically can't uh, find him like right now the way they could back in October when he missed a couple of practices, where they almost voided they could have voided his guarantees to that degree. He they can't do that right now. So like he could basically say and do what he wants, but does he want to create? And I think some people have determined that he's created an image for himself. I'm not to that point, I, and I also don't care. I'm he's a diva. I don't mind the divaness. That's I think it's fun. But um, is he really willing to force his way out of Minnesota? Because that's what it's going to take. Because the Vikings don't have a plan B. What are they going to do without Stephon Diggs? Because we saw last year, especially in this offense, even though he wasn't featured the way he probably should have been, he was the true catalyst in the explosive pass game. Uh, when Adam Thielen, obviously Adam Thielen has a role here, but Adam Thielen missed half the season. Ola B.C. Johnson, like I think Nick said at one point, played to a – he's not very good. I mean, he's not a bad play. Like, I don't, I don't mind Ola B.C. Johnson as like a role player, as like a third, fourth wide receiver. He has some, uh, some depth opportunity there. Like, he can catch a first down. He can move the chains. Great. He's not Adam Thielen. We know that. He's not Stephon Diggs. We all know that. Like, the, the yin and yang of, like, Thielen and Diggs in this offense is, like, a really good match. So I think you have Thielen running the underneath mid to mid mid routes uh, and getting open. Uh, but they love to feature that. I think they love to create opportunities for Thielen to eat in the, in the, mid, in the mid game. Uh, the mid-level game, excuse me. Um, whereas Diggs, it's basically just keep running deep, keep running deep until we throw you the ball. And, that, and I don't think there was enough true, like, Hey, we're gonna feature Stefan Diggs in in these games. I don't think, and I think it's come out pretty clear. I think last offseason, uh, I think uh, people like Doogie mentioned like if the Vikings had to choose between between the two guys, they're choosing Adam Thielen over Stefan Diggs. And basically, Adam Thielen getting paid his new contract last offseason, I'm sure it rubbed Diggs the wrong way as well. And that's what it sounds like. Not that Thielen didn't deserve the money he got, but more as they're truly treating Thielen like he's the best wide receiver on their team. At AKA wide receiver one 
all that stuff. Whereas Diggs is like, I'm getting open constantly. I can beat any any cornerback in the league. I can win downfield, and uh, Thielen's a Thielen can win downfield. I know we all know that, but Thielen isn't the the true playmaker with the ball in his hands the way Diggs is. And I think that's the separation between the two. Is it's truly about like who's a game breaker? And it's not that Thielen isn't an elite player or isn't a game breaker, but he doesn't blow games up the way uh, a, a Diggs can. And I and I think um, the real issue with Diggs is it's got to be more about this run first offense, this old school offense that's not featuring wide receivers the way that you would like them to. Even in like 2017, it was a run heavy offense, but every other pass was to the wide receivers. Like it was, it wasn't to the tight ends, it wasn't to the running backs, it was to the fullback. It was to the wide receivers, and I think there's a little bit of that. Like you can, I could get, I could down, can get down with that if that's the that's the play because he still saw over well over 100 targets. He only saw 96 targets this this season, and only had, I think it was what 68, 69 receptions, whatever that was. Um, to me, that's just not enough. I know his yards per catch were great, that's awesome, but for a guy like him and a guy like Phelan, those guys need to be featured a hell of a lot more than they have been this this last season and likely moving forward. And if you're Diggs, that's a big problem for me because I want to be able to showcase my talent to the league. I want to, I want to show everybody how good I am. And, I, and it truly feels like there is some of him being held back to that degree. So uh, how does he truly get to be talked about in the upper echelon of wide receivers if he's not being featured like one? So, so Nick, how can Kirk Cousins have elite decision-making if all those things Miles said about Stefan Diggs not getting the ball are true? I think – so I think you have to compare how Diggs was used in JDF's offense, DeFilippo's offense versus that, that was that, that wasn't really a real question, Nick. I mean, you know, it's not it's not Kirk's fault. But yes, continue. <laughs> well, I'll I'll just the, the basic point is that I think Stefanski saw that Diggs is a really elite deep threat, and to be honest, he's he's elite with the ball at any point of the field. You know, he's fantastic uh, with the ball in his hands after the catch. He's always in the top of broken tackles or avoided tackles with the ball in his hands um, per season or per per, per opportunity. Um, and he's the best route runner, and his routes are kind of at the best in the intermediate range. But he's also fantastic with the deep ball, with the way he tracks the deep ball with his late hands, with uh, how he gets open on those deep routes. And I think Stefanski and Kubiak saw that and said, well, look, we can use him in a lot of different ways. But if we have him run those deep routes, those explosive routes, um, you know, it'll really open things up for the passing game. And, and it did. And so I think uh, that resulted in Diggs getting fewer targets because if you're if you're our um, if you're going deep downfield, those 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 throws just take more time to develop, and they're usually not the first read in the progression. Uh, but ultimately, it made the offense better. It made it more explosive, and it led to more deep shots downfield, and it really um, showcased that 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 talent from Diggs. So, you know, I, I think you can use Diggs in a lot of different ways, and he's good at a lot of different things. Um, and I'm on board with using him as more of a deep threat, even if it means fewer receptions, fewer targets. All right, and uh, and Ryan, given everything that Nick has said, that Miles has said. Uh, let's just still operate under the, the happy assumption that Diggs is still here. What would you be doing to you keep that player who is so important to how your overall offense functions? What would you be trying to do to keep that player happy as you move forward in 2020? I, I take a look at, uh, as, as an ownership group, really, I take a look at our, our coaching staff and the man that you talked about earlier, Eric Bieniemy. I'd love to bring him in because he'll actually showcase the talent that Diggs and Thielen and others have on this team instead of showcasing a running back. 
Um, I, again, uh, you can, can't exactly just do that off the bat here, but you do everything you can to ensure that you're utilizing the playmakers you have because that's how you win games. And when you're when when you're not doing that, I mean, Diggs is just a passionate player. You can say diva, you can say whatever you want. That say he he's just got passion, and you can tell he just wants to win games. And he knows that the best way to win games is by utilizing his talents because he's that confident in himself. And I think he's even that confident in Kirk Cousins. He just needs the the opportunities, and that's just something that the coaching staff aren't scheming up for him, or Kirk Cousins isn't you know taking the risk. Um, and I think it's a blend of both. So I think with the news with uh, Kirk Cousins getting extended a little bit uh, probably irked him, and that's probably why he sent these cryptic tweets. And again, I'm just speculating. I have no idea. Um, but but it seemed to be shortly thereafter that's when he sent those tweets. So um, either it's the decision-making or the fact that he knows the coaching staff is going to scheme up what Kirk's best at, which is that intermediate um intermediate throws so um which isn't his bread and butter because it's not schemed that way and like i said i'd be i'd be upset too so what you got to do is just do a better job of utilizing his talents and and uh i mean he's getting open we we see the all 22 and you can see that he is open a lot of those times and that ball is going to the thielens the rudolphs the the hams um and again after a while it just gets frustrating all right well uh that's it for the, the the major things I think we're gonna cover today. Obviously, I mean, you know, the punter was signed. Some people we expected whoa, to get. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Well, apologies. Apologies. Wow. Apologies. He's a, holder. He's a Hall of Fame holder. My my fault. My fault. The holder was the kicker hasn't been signed yet, so like the holding doesn't matter. Just it doesn't yet. matter who the kicker is though, because he's the elite holder. <laughs> elite holding. So the holder, punter is back. Rhodes gone. Linville gone. Spark God gone. They have no cornerbacks. Well, we have no corners. We will, uh, I guess, you know, we, we might get a left guard. Who knows? But uh, there's one. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll find somebody somewhere. But uh, the last thing, because we, we have to talk about it, is not Vikings related, but we have to talk about it. And, Miles, of course, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. What on earth is happening in Houston, man? Like, what is that? Is this real? Did they really trade DeAndre Hopkins for... The ghost of David Johnson. Bob legitimately got fleeced. Like it was, it was essentially what the deal looked like. It was Nuke straight up for DJ, and then they swapped. They got a second round pick and then swapped fourth. Is what it looked like. That are you kidding me? <laughs> what? What? All because Nuke wanted more money, and they were like, nah. So that that doesn't like. That's my whole thing. Like like if Stephon Diggs went to the Vikings, like I want more money, they could be like, no. And then he'd be like, okay, trade me. And they'd be like, no. And then he'd be like, okay. I, so, like, he wants more money. Okay, we're not going to give you more money. You have three years, $40 million left in your deal. And I'm not saying Nuke doesn't deserve more money because he's the elite. We know that. And it, But they didn't have to trade him for, for that. Like, they didn't – they could have waited this out. Like, my whole thing is, like, why they're like, oh, my God, we got to get David Johnson. What? <laughs> have they seen David Johnson lately? Uh, have they seen his his a his contract? Have they seen his injury history? Like, if you're gonna make a move like that, like, at least try to take Kenny and Drake. I mean, at least try to take somebody that at least can. I don't, and not David Johnson was a good Christian player. Christian Kirk or something. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you? <laughs> how? I, 
And, like, if you're the other teams around the league, how did you not jump in and try to be like, whoa, 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 y'all are willing to give up Nuke for this? You can have my running back and my second-round pick. You can, I'll keep the, four, keep the fourth. I don't need that. They can, like, how did other teams not jump in and offer more than this is my question. I mean, Nick, would you have given up gotten for Delvin? Would you have oh, given up CJ Ham, Nicholas? Oh man, for DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> I'd give up a lot more than CJ. Give up Alexander Madison. Boom. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I dare I. Oh, so Nick Mike, Ryan, Mike, Mike, anything, anything, any, 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 any way this possibly could be something we don't like. Any way to to justify this deal from the perspective of the Texans? It's the worst. It's the worst trade I've seen in 20 years. It's the Sam Bradford trade. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's in. It's like Goodell needs to step in and be so <laughs> bad. It's places like that. That I mean, he's he's probably the best receiver in the NFL, and you're trading him for a 29 year old running back that's being paid 14 million dollars a year. What are you doing? They got older. They got older in this trade. Older, like what? <laughs> I can't. It's inexcusably bad. How is Fire he so immediately? And if I and if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm like, yo, get me out of here too, then, please. Like, you just took my best receiver and gave me a bum running back. Well, and... the Cardinals are about to pay him more money. What? Unbelievable. They win. All right. That's so gonna last... be fun though in Arizona. Arizona's gonna be a fun team to watch. They are. They throw a lot too, so Nick's gonna be happy about that. Last question for everyone. Short answers only. Miles, is Diggs a Viking to start the 2020 season? Don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Yes. I can't. I, so I can't imagine the Vikings extending Kirk, extending CJ Ham, <laughs> and going quote unquote all in on this team and then trading away its best offensive player. Like, how do you justify it? You can't justify it to me. So, I, yeah, he's still going to be around. Okay, Ryan, same question to you. Is Diggs here? Yeah, I think so. I mean, in Schefter, I believe, right? And he, he said that the Vikings have no intention of, of trading him, and I believe him. And uh, I think we'd be idiotic to do so. So, yeah, he's going to be here. Okay, boom. Nick, bring us home. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of like an Odell Beckham situation where – the front office definitely doesn't want to, but Diggs could raise enough of a stink, and it does. It does seem like he's legitimately frustrated in the situation. So I, you know, I could see definitely see a situation where somebody's like, "Look, we'll trade you a king's ransom because Diggs is what 25. He's really good, um, and he wants out." And the Vikings will say, "Oh, I guess that's an offer we can't exactly refuse." I still think the front office holds strong and holds on to him, but I'm not. It's like a 60-40 thing. I can definitely see him being moved. So. I just right. don't want to. I don't want to believe it either. So, <laughs> well, that is it. That is all, gentlemen. As always, thank you for making time, listeners, viewers. Thanks for sticking with us, David. Over to you, man. I appreciate everybody getting together. And just to wrap up the day, we talked about Stefan Diggs and a possible theoretical trade because of his tweets. But he is tweeting lyrics to songs, as Miles said. We talked about the extension to Kirk Cousins and how that implicates, and we looked at the money and how that bounces out. And a reminder, Nick told us that the salary cap does balloon as soon as that 17th game kicks in and the new TV contracts also kick in. So 
It's not as bad as it looks, folks. It's not as bad as it looks. Also, we talked about all the interactions today or transactions with C.J. Ham. We also, for the rest of the Vikings, we had Eric Wilson given a second-round tender, which if somebody else wants him, the Vikings have first right of refusal or to match. If not, they get a second round. Another big deal is they franchise-tagged Anthony Harris. So it now looks like we're paying our safeties well over $20 million. Hey, how about that? We've got two of the best. And, as always, the 80s was a great decade. <laughs> Take it from me. It was one of my favorites. My <laughs> bad. I should never have said it. Oh, there it is. Yeah, I don't talk about Anthony Harris. Hey, it, ha- it happens. It's been busy. It- like That was technically, that's the second biggest Vikings news. How did C.J. Ham jump Anthony, Anthony Harris <laughs> hey, in our discussion? It's what makes Kirk happy. <laughs> Even Britton Colquitt got, got play. Like, what? <laughs> I kind of don't expect Dan Harris to be here, if I'm being honest. I don't really? Think they- you, think they would, you think they would tag him and trade him? I'd be so pissed if I were Ant. The right offer, but I mean, that's, that's doing him so dirty. It is. That's why I think I don't think they were making that move without the intention of trying to extend him. That was that's how I took it. But I guess they could trade him. It would just that would be that would be a bad move from a player. I know, right? Or trading Harrison Smith, you know? Or eventually, now, who knows? I don't know. Or now trading Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he doesn't have the uh, no no trade clause, so no bets are off. Yinka, is that you? <laughs> yeah, so I does that work with uh, it? It it's effective right away because it wipes away right away because of the extension, or does it kick in starting next year? How does that work? Because technically, his current contract had him through twenty twenty with a no trade clause. I don't know. It doesn't matter. They're not trading him. I don't know why. I'm I assume. I mean, you could do it a few different ways, but I assume they just sign a new contract and it negates. It negates the old. Yeah. That makes sense. And that's how we were able to uh, clear that cap space this year. Right, so and they're going to have a, a new three-year contract. Their quarterback's going to have a $45 million cap in 2022. Right, like, but the salary cap will be $300 million at that time. Will it? I think so. I think the league, the it, the new CBA keys, keys it off. As soon as they go to the 17-game season, it jumps to $300 million. Holy shit. I mean, and that's hey. that's that's actually a blessing for the Vikings right now because they since they're so short on cash, they can sit yeah, there and renegotiate contracts and cut cap hits right now and then push out that money a couple years down the road knowing that there's going to be a humongous jump in the yeah. in the cap and then that's covered. We're still playing footsies with the cap limit, but we're in a lot better position than we are now. We'll get more money later. Mm -hmm. Kirk could get all that money. On NFL News, for everybody that's watching, Climbing the Pocket Network, all the shows will probably be putting out stuff here in the next few days. Because why? We have good news and Vikings news to talk about. Good news and Vikings news. (laughs) Plus, most of us are at home. So it gives us time to produce. Anyways, um, the NFL is on schedule, as you've seen. Nothing has changed. The only thing that came out during this show 
was that activities normally scheduled for mid-April and end of April in the form of mini camps type stuff, that sort of thing, and travel for physicals and such will be postponed due to the virus. However, everything else is on schedule. It might be done differently. It might be done over Skype like you're watching us, you know, on YouTube. But it is going to happen, and the NFL owns the sports world once again. Now we don't have to to hear the news about uh, dig skipping uh, mandatory or uh, voluntary camp uh, mini camp this right. this spring now. So that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. So, Jason, we're closing out. words. Oh no, we're, we're we're out. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, viewers. We'll talk to you soon. Let's go.